0: today on CityCast Denver. Over the course of the pandemic, the city of Denver looked outside the box for ideas to address our housing crisis. Safe Outdoor Spaces got the most publicity and proved the most controversial, but there was this other program that flew under the radar, renting underutilized hotels and motels and using them as shelters. People could bring pets and have their own space to make their own decisions about how to live and when to eat. But as producer Xander McMahon learned while reporting on these hotels and motels these past few weeks, there's no such thing as a perfect solution when it comes to homelessness. Today is Monday, October 4th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies and this is CityCast Denver. Hey, Alexandra. Hi, Bree. So take me back to the beginning of this. Why did you start looking into these hotels and motels?
1: Well, we got this message on Twitter. It came to the CityCast Denver account. And it was from this activist couple, Tess Doherty and David Hagan. And these two are super engaged in city politics, like Denverite even profiled them a few months back because they have attended every single city council meeting this year. Um, And they're not unhoused themselves, but they work with a lot of unhoused people. And they're extremely opposed to the sweeping of encampments by the city. They're big into protesting, you know, it's like stuff like that. And what did they want to talk to us about? Basically, they had been hearing some pretty bad things about these motels and hotels the city has been renting and using as homeless shelters. And a bit of background on that, it's a new program that started last year at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was kind of an emergency response for unhoused folks who were testing positive for covid and had nowhere to go in quarantine. Then the city expanded it so that folks who were at high risk of getting a serious case of the virus could also get rooms in these hotels and motels. And that program has continued all this time, and it just got more money, in fact, from city council to keep housing people in these properties through next June.
0: So on paper, this all sounds fantastic to me. I mean, giving folks more autonomy of where they get to stay. I'm assuming these places probably accommodated pets. You could stay with your partner, which you can't do at a regular shelter. Um, so what were Tess and David concerned about?
1: In one of their first messages to me, they included a video that their unhoused friend took at one of these motels.
2: Room inspection.
1: And it, it shows City of Denver staff knocking on doors at the motel, and if there's no answer, letting themselves into people's personal rooms. This had my eyebrows raised a little bit, and I wanted to talk to the guy who took the video, who was apparently staying at one of these motels since last April.
3: My my name is Frank Sturgill. Um, I'm a, a resident at 2601 Zunai. Uh, which is a former quality Inn. it. Uh, we, we just call uh, less than affectionately uh, cell block Q.
1: <laughs> so Frank's a really interesting guy. He's got a bachelor's degree in construction management, a master's in architecture, and he's been houseless for about 12 years after he lost his job in the Great Recession.
3: I was in the southwest in, in, in the edge of Denver and um, where I thought there was quiet and peace, but uh, they started... Um, Doing sweeps in parking lots, very, you know, every every two weeks, and um, that's when COVID struck, and, and um, so that my, my number was called, so that I can be here.
1: And Frank's been documenting his stay at the motel on his YouTube channel.
3: I had a water main blowout this morning, as well as the electricity. Wi-Fi is also out at 2601 Zunai. Doing a 30-day follow-up of the the, the big explosion we had. Um, of the Transformers
1: when XL came. I went down to the motel a couple weeks ago to meet up with Frank, and even though I don't have his construction expertise, I can attest that it didn't look like a great place to live. Um, and while i was standing outside of the front office waiting for frank um the security guard came out with an actual like mouse in a mouse trap just like a dead mouse and uh just kind of tossed it into the dumpster next to me so just picture your classic rundown seedy motel and, and that's what it is
3: taking pictures here of the downspout where it stops at about six feet above the ground along a control joint and, and that, that makes the, um, the, the wall fill, filled with water goes down and creates a flood inside each of these u- units that are that this is happening to.
1: So as he was noticing all these issues with the building, Frank was also doing some work for a lawyer friend, uh, just like some open records requests. He's really good at those. And he started telling this lawyer about where he was staying. This is Anita. So Anita Springsteen is also a Lakewood City Council person and avid listeners of our show may actually remember her from our Amir Allen episode. She represented Amir in his police brutality case against Lakewood PD. Anyways, Frank tells Anita what's been going on and she gets especially concerned about the weekly room inspections.
0: Just because they're homeless, they're trying to deny them of their privacy rights and intimidate them in this way. And so I was very proud of Frank for standing up for that. And so what I did was I, I sent some emails and I told them this is a violation of their constitutional rights and they want to see it differently because somehow, because they're providing this service, they get to treat these people however they want. And I don't think that's okay. Wow. So this doesn't sound like a great place to live. And I mean, something I think we've heard before from people who are unhoused is that they don't want to go to shelters because they can be dirty or they might have mice. And at least with these motel rooms, you don't have to worry about someone stealing your stuff or catching COVID. But that's still not to say that the people who need these motel rooms should have to put up with terrible conditions and intrusive management. Why is it like this?
1: Right. So this was my number one question, and it's a little complicated and a little unclear, so bear with me. (laughs) This whole motel hotel program is primarily a collaboration between the nonprofit Colorado Coalition for the Homeless and Denver's Department of Housing Stability, or HOST for short. Now, CCH also contracts with the Salvation Army to do a lot of the -the on-the-ground work, like meal preparation, front desk staffing, and security. Um, But because CCH is named as the main contractor in all the city documents that outline this program's scope of work and budget and all of that, I decided to start with them and talk to their spokesperson, Kathy Alderman.
2: We have different arrangements with um, different motels. So in many instances, the motel owner Um, uh, retains ownership and responsibility for the property itself. And so for, you know, maintenance issues, et cetera, in some instances, we're providing some of that, but certainly not at the level that, you know, like, I mean, we can't replace carpets and, um,
0: you know, drapery and stuff like that. Okay, so listening to Kathy, it sounds like it's really the owner of the motel's job to fix stuff like downspouts or holes in the parking lot.
1: Yeah, it seems that way with some of the properties. Um, But looking at the scope of work document that was provided to city council, there's a section that says, Due to the unique nature of the contracted services, repairs and replacement funds are designated to help cover the costs associated with returning the room in the same condition. Uh, And Kathy did tell me they have a budget for replacing like TVs and little stuff, but I don't know how this money could cover the major repairs needed to fix a building like that. I mean, the money set aside for repairs and replacement, according to their budget, is eighteen thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars for all four hotels and motels in this program.
0: That's wild cuz $18,000 I can't imagine for four properties would cover more than say like a coat of paint <laughs> for each building. I mean that's I mean it's just it's very very little to address some serious issues with obviously with the the building, the infrastructure of the building. Yeah, yeah. What and and what about the intrusive room checks that Frank talked about?
1: Oh, yeah. That one turns out to be pretty complicated, too. Uh, When people move into one of these motels or hotels, they have to sign a document that's essentially like a lease. And in that lease, it outlines these room inspections. So it's probably legal, but that doesn't mean it feels right. Um, Here's Kathy Alderman again with Colorado Coalition for the Homeless.
2: Some of the contracts by um, request of the owners and operators of the property want there to be ongoing room checks right because these are their properties and at some point they are going to want to return them to service and so they want to make sure that um, you know that the property is, is staying up to standards and uh, you know and that, and that people are staying safe in them
1: and another interesting thing I didn't know was that it was actually pretty hard for the city to find hotels and motels willing to do this last year when they needed that emergency shelter space. Uh, And I think that's why now the city is leaning towards just buying hotels outright so that they don't have to be on leases with these property owners. Um, You know, like the city announced back in May that it plans to purchase a 95 unit hotel and convert it into a shelter. Um, And in case you're wondering, it's the stay in hotel in northeast Denver.
2: We knew we were doing the right thing by by securing these alternative safe locations for people to be. But we had no I, I mean, we're not in the business of staffing hotels, you know, like we're, we're a housing and healthcare provider. And so we, we understood kind of what the the services needed would be, but I don't think we, um, you know, fully understood like, you know, how are we going to get meals to every room, you know, twice a day or three times a day. I attribute kind of the, maybe somewhat clumsy rollout of this um, just to the fact that we were in, you know, in in COVID response kind of just chaos time. And I do feel like we're in a place now where when issues arise, we're able to um, manage them much more quickly and much more effectively with our partners.
0: So after talking to all these people, what do you make of it all, Alexandra?
1: I mean, thinking back to the start of the pandemic, you've got all these different departments and agencies scrambling, trying to find emergency shelter. And it sounds like the city didn't have as much leverage with these property owners than they anticipated. Uh, But Kathy told me they're working on improving the program so that when future guests arrive at these converted motels and hotels, their experience might be better than Frank's. And do you know what happened to Frank? Well, Frank has moved into an apartment. Uh, It took longer than he wanted. You know, he was at the motel for like 18 months, but he's super happy to finally
0: have his own place. Mm, That's awesome to hear. Congratulations, Frank. Getting your own place is awesome. Yeah. Um, Well, Alexandra, thanks for looking into this for us. Yeah, of course. end today's episode right there, but it turns out that Alexandra wasn't the only reporter looking into this. Last week, Marshall Zellinger of Nine News reported that there are more than 150 open rooms in these emergency hotel and motel shelters we've been talking about.
1: Because federal FEMA funds are paying for the 646 hotel rooms currently reserved, the residents have to fit one of the following criteria. Be older than 65, have a health condition that puts them at great risk of COVID, or sick with COVID.
0: They seem to be making the point that these spaces are being underutilized because the money comes with these restrictions from the federal government. Still, we have plenty more questions about this, and it's on the ballot in November. It's part of the bond, question 2B, and it would fund city purchase or rental of hotels and motels for permanent conversion into homeless shelters. Here's Zellinger and Kyle Clark of Nine News.
2: If people approve this, you could buy more motels and hotels, convert them to uh, areas where people experiencing homelessness could live inside.
3: Would not necessarily have the same issues with the lack of occupancy because it wouldn't have the same COVID restrictions. Right.
2: You wouldn't have have to abide by the FEMA rules.
3: Yeah. And here's
0: what else is happening in Denver today. Mayor Michael Hancock's vaccine mandate for all public employees went into effect at the end of last week. And we now know exactly how effective it was pretty effective. According to Denverite, at least 98.7% of city employees are currently vaccinated, including 98.3% of our police force. Turns out the threat of losing your job is a pretty good motivator when it comes to the COVID vaccine. Last week on the show, we set out to pick Denver's best breakfast burrito. And it turns out you all have a lot of opinions about it. So I'll be sharing a few more of your recommendations. Hey, everybody.
2: This is Thaddeus. I was calling to put in my vote for best breakfast burrito in town. I think one of the top ones is at Tamale Kitchen. If you order the egg potato bacon or egg potato chorizo special, which means they put the chili inside, that is really one of the best burritos you can get, Um, and it's pretty affordable too. Uh, There's a lot of Tamale Kitchens around town, but the best one and the most convenient one for me is on Morrison Road just off of Sheridan. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, everybody.
0: That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you've got a breakfast burrito recommendation or thoughts about any other parts of our show, feel free to leave us a voicemail at 720-500-5418 and you might hear it on an upcoming episode. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! wall in there <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean what you mean while oh yeah wall that's what I was saying yeah wall uh <laughs>